You're listening to The Full Broadside. to another edition of the full broadside with me today currently mando nightmare and kj who is joining us from the road traveling to tulsa i believe kj uh yep heading up to go see the parents for a quick uh uh, christmas weekend type thing even though christmas is next week but they're not coming down so uh decided i would go up and visit them and bring whatever goodies back with me from them Oh, it's a I, heck of a deal. A little bit I of background it. noise, but it, it's not the end of the world. We're gonna we're gonna deal with it because we gotta have KJ on the show. I gotta I gotta jump in. Um, for our listeners, recently we put up some beard pics in our um Discord chat, and uh, <laughs> we were all kind of poking fun of each other. And so now that KJ brings up that he's gonna go up and play Santa Claus, KJ got the nickname for our listeners of the Angry Santa based off the picture that he put. Up. So I just found it very funny, very ironic that he's going up to play Santa Claus now. So my hat's off to you there, Angry Santa, and I hope you're driving safe and pulled over somewhere while you're chatting with us. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pulled over. Yeah, I would never drive this while I'm driving. That, that's wrong. <laughs> don't blog and drive. And for those of you listening, don't, don't blog and drive. It's dangerous. <laughs> or text and drive or any of that stuff, yeah. And if you do, don't tell Mando. He frowns upon that. And he may someday find you doing it, and that's bad. All right. How are you doing, Nightmare? Oh, I am fantastic. I've been doing a lot of uh, grinding. I finally managed to uh, acquire my third tier 10 ship, and I went with the Yamato. So I am uh, uh, having a lot of fun with that. Uh, somebody mentioned the other day that it's it's essentially just like my Des Moines, but bigger, with better guns, and I love it so far. Well, oh, yeah. I noticed that we were in clan brawls. I I popped in, and you were had a chance to run your Yamato. Was that your first time taking her out of port? That wasn't my first time taking her out of the port. Uh, I had done some uh, the obligatory uh, co-op first first run, um, but I have taken her into a couple um, a couple randoms. And uh, in fact, I my, the very first random I went into, there was a, another Yamato on the other team because matchmaking. And uh, I don't know what they were doing, but they were pretty much just giving me a beautiful cheek from far away and I'm like, oh, I got range, let's give it a shot. And I citadeled them like three times with my first salvo. And I'm like, oh, I'm gonna really like this. And they didn't ever change course, so I sunk them like eight shots later. <laughs> I I just recently got the Yamato myself, and I'm scared to take it out. <laughs> basically I, yeah. pretend it's a Claymore and only point one side to the enemy, and that's it. 
do nothing else. Don't turn. Don't back up. Well, no, do back up. Back, backing up is great. It's horrible in the Yamato, but it keeps you from giving sides to people you don't want to give it to. So for the average potato like myself, there's there's hope for me out there then, right? Is that what you're saying? Hey, if you it, – it, it, the, a lot of you in here can attest when I take my Des Moines out into clan battles, as long as I'm not getting focused or do something incredibly stupid, which is most of the time, but when I don't do that, I am very hard to kill and exceedingly deadly. So just point your nose at the enemy, keep your guns locked on that, that beautiful spotlight, and uh, try not to let someone take your side. Because if they do, and they have decent guns, it is over for you in seconds. That's awesome. Um, for those of you that are listening, we also have uh, several uh, folks in our Discord chat. And if you happen to catch a podcast, come join us live one of these times. Jump in. We have a live show chat room. Uh, you can jump in, interact with us live and, and you know bring up some topics and give us some feedback while uh, we're recording. And I got to throw it back over to Cyber because Cyber forgot to introduce himself again. Again. <laughs> I did. I'm already thinking about what, what, what I wanted to cover next. And here, yeah, Cyberjock. Hi, everybody. <laughs> You know, if you do join us, uh, you do join uh, the Discord channel, you'll have access to that. That uh, You know, I don't think they would, actually, in the podcast channel that we have down below. But we can put all of our pictures, in case you're curious, we can put them in the live ch- live show chat room. Maybe maybe pin them in there for everybody to see, anybody that jumps in. But but anyway, uh, yeah, thanks, Shep and Snowdog, for, for hanging out with us and uh, interacting with us during the show. Um, we are short sock and Nimitz. They decided to miss the boat, but I'm sure they'll catch up and they'll interrupt the show um, at some point. But I wanted to put Nightmare uh, on on the hot seat just for a little bit and give him a little razzin because we've been playing a little bit and and I know he's been terribly frustrated as, as of late and he's been a little grumpy. But tonight he was pretty good. He got grumpy a little bit at times because I know matchmaking can suck. The game can suck sometimes. We all have bad points, and I figured I'd just ask, how how are you feeling tonight, man? I I mean tired. <laughs> I've been pretty tired. Sleep sleep and I uh, we're not on speaking terms currently, so it's been uh, a little rough. Uh, but I'm sure you know I'll go buy her some flowers, and then and eventually sleep will you know uh, soften up, and and we'll be able to have uh, uh, a conversation again and you know move from there yeah it must uh, be when, something in the air I, i'm having a hell of a time sleeping the last last couple of weeks myself and i, I have a few ideas of what it might be but nothing i'm going to disclose here <laughs> but uh yeah it, it just might be something in the air too who knows is it cider for christmas oh yeah that's what it is <laughs> no i'm not <laughs> It's funny that you that you mentioned that about the matchmaking because I just put up, in fact, the devs just put out that video on exactly how matchmaking works. And I haven't had a chance to dive down that rabbit hole yet, but uh, I promise you guys and I promise for the listeners on our next episode, I'm going to dive into that. Um, for those of you who have caught our last episode or episode before I was had a chance to participate with the Verizon matchup with some of the devs and so I, I managed to get on Hapa Fodder. He's the community director North America, Hapa Fodder's radar and um 
he's going to invite me over on his Twitch stream to division up with him one of these times. And when he does, I was going to bring that up and kind of get the insider wargaming's perspective on matchmaking. But in the meantime, they did just put it out. It's on the news stream when you log in, and I put it up in our chat. So I didn't even know, Nightmare, that we were going to be talking about that tonight. And um, in case you guys haven't missed it, it's it's in there. I, I pinned it up in there. So it should be pretty, pretty interesting if you hadn't. Have you guys had a chance to take a look at it yet or no? I did not. I actually saw it in the news earlier uh, because I was trying to get my advent calendar. Don't forget that. Um, and uh, I saw it in the news and I'm like, oh, hey, they finally explained how matchmaking works. I have to dive into that later. And then I decided uh, to get warmed up because uh, yesterday I did not warm up for clan brawls and I probably paid for it. Uh, rather, my team paid for it uh, many times over. Well, okay, so I was on Clambrawl's team. I was, you, you guys, I, I know that we're hurting in Clambrawl's when you guys are asking me to play a carrier. So that, that was, <laughs> and well, uh, it, it, I don't mind doing it. But from my perspective, I just want to give you a little bit of, of encouragement because from my perspective, and this is honest feedback, dude, I wouldn't, I wouldn't blow smoke you know, blow a smoke screen at you and say that regardless, I thought you did a phenomenal job and regardless, we had fun and that's what mattered. Nobody was griping or complaining yeah. and we, we did have a good time. Granted, we lost more than we won, but we were having a good time. So I, I mean, I pretty much. I will say this. We won a couple times and that was it. It was, it was probably after I logged off. It, I, 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 I had the potato karma power with me, super potato power with me when, when I was on. That's what it was. Well, with Cyber's Blessing, I, we could kind of dive into the Clam Brawl bit a little bit more because this week's a little bit different than last week. And we can't. Okay. I don't want to uh, take his thunder, though. Okay. And it uh, looks like some of the other guys are joining in on us live. Welcome welcome back to the show, guys. Oh, hi. Hi, hi Sock. Hi, Nimitz. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for welcome. showing up, guys. <laughs> See, no, I told them. We, told, told these guys that you guys would show up late and you'd, you'd interrupt the show. So congratulations. We, we had some serious business we needed to talk about. All right. Not serious enough to let the, the, the other clan leaders. No, 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 no. Sock put me in my place. I know where I'm at now. I'm good. You're right here with us, helping us do the, <laughs> the podcast. Uh, but yeah, Cyber, if you want to go ahead and uh, segue us into the next topic. Wait, we've already started? We've been started yeah, for like 15 minutes. Yeah, you guys have been, been oh running late. Oh my god. We got tired and of waiting. Well, you thanks are... for letting us know before you did it. You guys yeah, were awesome, you guys were having an important conversation. I knew where you were, and I wasn't going to interrupt, because that's what that room is all about. Well, I appreciate that, but you know what? F you, because that is definitely <laughs> doable on this broadcast. Because you should have sent us a message and said, hey, we're starting. I'm just saying, you should have sent us a message. The thought yeah. crossed my mind, but uh, we had already started. And then, Dead serious. Um, uh, yeah. But, we start at the same but, time every time we do this. But can I can I start a topic since I'm here now? 
Oh, let, let's hope we haven't already covered it, Nimitz. But go ahead, sure. You, you have. I turn have over, turn too. over the. All right, here comes the microphone. Go ahead, Nimitz. Let her rip. What have you got for us? All right, so I want to talk about the U.S. tier battleships, especially the tier ten Montana. And what I want to talk about is because me and actually Cyber had a conversation tonight, and I asked him. I said, "Hey, do you feel like?" Maybe the Montana is getting a little bit power crept. I just don't remember it being as blah as it was last night and today when I played it. And um, Cyber said, yep, it's been power crept for two to three years. And I was like, what? <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> so about, what, three weeks ago, Saki? I asked you, I was like, hey, what's your tank build for the Montana? And Sock gave me his build, and I tried it out, and I was like, oh, my God, this is so cool. This is so much better. I typically played it as a uh, sniper build originally. You know, I think it was like 23K, 24K range. And I had great fun with that. Um, but I wanted to get a little bit more up close and personal. And Sock gave me his tank build, and I played it, and I was like, oh, my God, this is so cool. So I played it last night, played it again this morning, and I was like, pretty much getting ripped up. And I was like, this is just not what I remembered. And that's when I asked Cyber, I was like, is this thing getting power crap? Because and he's like, oh, yeah, dude, two to three years ago, it's already power crap. I don't remember that. Does anybody have any experience with the Montana lately that can tell me it's power creep? Because I think it is. Well, that's just the thing with power creep is you don't really know what's happening until it's already happened. Right. And, and what I was going to say, and I, I think the, the main reason it's been power crept is that the all of the influx of all the other ships have really kind of just just knocked it down and i mean with with the russians and and all these other ones that are coming around they haven't made any changes to the ships that are out there so the ones that have been out there the longest are gonna are, are gonna eat that so are the uh italian battleships gonna make the montana even worse you think absolutely mm. Well, not necessarily, because from what I understand, they're going to be really different. You know, it's kind of like how you can't really compare the Montana and the Kremlin in the same way, because they, they serve different purposes. Now, the main thing that, that really proved that the Montana was power crept was the Ohio. For sure. Because that's Absolutely. a direct comparison. Absolutely. But, I mean, in a way... It's it's a different ship because uh, how you 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 spec is a secondary bill, right? I think that's what most people do. So, I mean, do you do you go back to the old Montana build of a sniper build instead of a tank build? Oh God, don't don't say 
back row sniper build in a battleship that will get you canceled and reported and <laughs> you, you'll rack thunder. up the negative karma like well, you were driving a CV. I <laughs> do have negative karma, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but look at the thunder. I mean, that ship, Saka said it many times. I've said it many times. The ship is broken. If you can get a good match off, like, 200k is like normal. They could nerf um, the crap out of it, and I wouldn't even be mad. Well, there's there's a difference there, though. Uh, there is, and what I was going to say is, with the old school sniper hybrid build from the on the Montana, and now more being a tank build, that's not necessarily power creep, as it is just the meta changing and having to adapt. You know, the reality of it is there's a lot more HE spam than there was four years ago. And there's a lot more 30 millimeter plating than there was four years ago. And 457 millimeter guns can deal with that kind of stuff a lot better than 406s can. Right. And that's what I was going to say with a thunder, you're dealing with 470 or 457 versus the 406 and the Monty and the Monty shells are a little floatier. They don't start the fires near as much as the thunderer. Um, well, the fact I, of the matter is, if you're trying to shoot high explosive in a Montana, you're doing it wrong. Right. You you definitely want the AP as much as you can. Uh, I, I did flirt with a secondary build with it for a while. It was okay. It was functional. Didn't work that great. What I found the best way to do it for me was I built a survivability build in it, and I I try to push in to about medium range, and I've had a little bit more success in there. Now, since I've reset that line, and it's gone for now, but at some point I'll get it back, I'm not super interested in pushing pushing that envelope uh, quickly, though, because of the, the power creep. Um, I've been experimenting around, and I know I said I wasn't going to do it, but I got bored. And so I started playing around with the the new or the original or the current battleship line, which is the the Kansas, Minnesota, and the Vermont. And so, to to me, in my humble potato opinion, um, <laughs> if, if you're going to sit and and slow roll in a Montana, why not slow roll in a Vermont with the 457s instead of the 406? That's a really good point. The Vermont is what the Montana was four years ago. Correct. In in terms of play style. So I'll weigh in Relative and say power. And say yes, the Montana is severely power crit because why even roll a Montana when there's the Vermont? When you're basically gonna do the same thing, slow roll at you know, twenty four knots and with a better torpedo belt. Yeah, and troll with um twelve four fifty sevens versus twelve four oh sixes. Just my thought. That that is sad though because uh, um, I, my my first turkey in ever was the Shima. My second was was the Montana, and uh, I totally love that ship. But now it seems almost like pointless. Yep, that's why I don't run it much anymore. But it it see I mean I've been talking about and I've been chatting up the the Z fifty two or the Z fifty two for sock just so he's in on the conversation the the Z um 
was completely it's been power crept for a long time because you got to remember its unique characteristic was you had smoke and you had hydro like wow at the time when the the z52 was out it was like wow you had this hydro you could really um you know aggressively push a cap and use the hydro to flush out the other tier 10s but now everything else has got hydro and you've got destroyers with radar now so you're you know the the torpedoes are inferior. They're only a ten and a half kilometer range. It's it's a thick boat that you're gonna take. You're gonna get punished with AP shield. So there's a lot there's a lot better destroyers out there now. Whereas the Z fifty two used to be at the top of the game. Now there's no reason even to take it out anymore. So again, a lot of the original. As much as I love seeing new content and I love new ships, new premiums, new lines coming out, I think Wargame needs to not neglect the original lines or the lines that are still there. And unfortunately, that's the product of a game that where you keep putting content out is you're going to power creep some of your other stuff. And that's a natural progression, I think, uh, of of the gaming, you know, when you put out patches and put out new content. But so let me, let me ask you a question. So I know you and a couple other people are really into the um, what you call it, the uh, te- not the tech tree, the uh, when you research reset a line. research bureau. Yes, yes. That. So why would you reset that Montana line if you know it's garbage? I wouldn't. I would reset another line that I enjoyed playing. So doesn't that yeah. defeat Wargaming's purposes, though? I mean. It depends. I mean, there are. I'm sure that there are Montana fans that are out there that really like the line. I dislike it. I uh, all the way up until the Iowa, and to me, the Montana was so anti-climatic. You know, climatic that you know it. I just didn't enjoy. I mean, it was it was a grind for me, and it was a chore. And I would rather reset other lines that I had a good time with, like. Uh, the Wooster line. Uh, that's another ship I think that's been power crept is the original Wooster, the the uh, American light cruiser line. I enjoy playing the Wooster, but why play a Wooster when I could play a Nevsky, which does it better? The same thing, but yeah. better. That's something yeah. I've actually started running into now with a lot of ships. Is um, um, I, I've got 15 tier 10s now. So I'm kind of at the point where I'm like, okay, well, I could play this ship, but I also have this, which is just better. So there's some tier 10s that I don't really play that often anymore. And it might just be because I don't play play them well, or it might be because of power creep. But yeah, well, I, know, I totally would know what you're getting at there, Mando. My question is, is what has Wargaming done with, say, like World of Tanks or anything else when they have their initial line set out and then they start adding in all these other lines? How do they do they fix those and make them more balanced or Um, are they just SOL? So I do have some experience here with uh, with World of Tanks because I used to play World of Tanks quite extensively. Um, essentially, it's exactly the same thing that happens in World of Warships. They won't touch the line, and they'll say, well, it was fine when it was released, so clearly it's still fine now. And sometimes they'll buff things. 
sometimes they won't. Um, if we'll think back to when they buffed the, the U.S. battleships, I guess it would have been about a year ago now, uh, when they gave them better heals. Uh, that was... So that really helped that line out, because they were really starting to struggle. Yeah, and I think that's that's really what it is, because I mean, I, I had the Montana for the longest time, and I was, I, I played it, I was enjoying it, and now that all these other ships are out there, we're finding the same problem. It's we're having issues with them. You know, it, it's not got the power that it once did. So even well, the, you know, same with the Mosfa. You know, it's not that it doesn't have the power it once did. The problem is it has exactly the same power as it once right, did. Right, just everybody else is stronger and can destroy it that much quicker, and it's not as awesome as it once was. I, I still think Montana is a fantastic ship. It's still well, probably one of my. It's second only to the Thunderer for battleships for me of the ones I have. Hmm, for two ten at least. I don't think the rest of us are really having that uh, that that success with it. Yeah, no warm fuzzy for the Montana for me. But that, I also don't have the Ohio, and I'm sure if I had the Ohio, I would not have any desire to play the Montana. That's what I was thinking about the Montana. Um, back in the day, it was like all that and a bag of chips. But you get. To the point now where you're facing Kremlins and you're facing Thunders and you just get burned down and there's no real hope. I mean, if you, if you get in a match with good players, there's no hope. Um, and, let, me, and, let me put you back in a time machine here and we'll go all the way back to 2015 to the first half of the closed beta. This was back, there were no Japanese carriers, there were no U.S. battleships. And we were all, everybody was saying, oh, when are there going to be, there's got to be American battleships coming soon. And I, I bet the Iowa class is going to be the Tier 10, because like, what other better ship would there be? And then they were announced, and it was Montana at Tier 10, and we were all just like, what, a battleship with 12 guns at Tier 10? Like, what kind of monstrosity is this going to be? And it was, when it released, it was a really strong ship uh, for its time, but it didn't really have any competition back then, you know? The only fire spammer was the Zhao at that tier. And I don't want to say fire worked differently back then, but players worked differently back then. If you went into a game back then with today's strategy, you probably wouldn't do that well. It was a much more static kind of thing. You know, there was a lot of people just chilling, sitting around. There was a lot more AP being used. People didn't really understand the overmatch mechanic at the time. Well, um, it was also a lot more expensive a tier 10 too than it is today. Yeah. And back then, commander skills worked completely differently too. I don't really remember how they worked. This might even have been before captains were in the game, to be honest with you. I don't even remember. Well, well, like I mean, like like Shep said, you can just buy in Ohio if you've got the points now, and and that'll take care of your problem. You just replace it with a premium version that's not as power corrupt. Well, I am glad I got to hijack the show. <laughs> Thanks everybody for your input. Um, did that on a serious that? note? Did that did that answer your question though? Kind of, sorta. Um, I still don't understand. <laughs> So, in my opinion, the American battleship wasn't 
the best at anything. It was kind of like the most well-rounded. Well, it still is. Battleship, but it's not anymore. I mean, it gets destroyed. Every time it goes out, it gets destroyed. I go out in my Kremlin, I can take what I consider the same amount of fire, and I throw up some amazing games. But this is actually a good thing to throw up on the stats website. Uh, let's see how the Montana fares globally compared to the other battleships at Tier 10. Poke in real quick, though. I would be really interested in that. I'd like to know. So let's look at average damage. Jump in there, Nightmare. I was just comparing the armor real quick, and the uh, Vermont has a much better protected Citadel armor than the Montana does. That's so, our torpedo belt, too. Yeah, it, it's really nice armor, and it, it has to be because it's so incredibly slow. Um, but it does have bigger guns. Well, so it's a different kind of beast, but I still see it as well-rounded because of its movement speed. It's not going to be able to dodge torps very well. It's going to become an easy target for well, look at that torpedo belt compared to the Montana, though. At the same time, it's it's going to just get burned down. Like Someone's going to see that and be like, nah, we're just going to throw HE at it until it's cinders. Uh, the Montana? Uh, no, at the... Uh, Vermont. Oh, the Vermont. Well, the Vermont's a whole different kettle of fish, though. you got to look at the lifestyle of the Montana, though. I mean, what do you do in a Montana? I have n not seen anybody, with the exception of Cyber, running his secondary build. I have not seen anybody really be aggressive on Montana. Montana floats around on the back row and uses its Whoa. guns and its range to advantage, which is exactly well, what you're going to do in a Vermont. When, when it's Sot a good zone of area shutdown. When, when Sot gave me his... Um, tank build um i started playing the montana a little bit more up close and personal and i had great success with it i was like oh my god sock thank you so much um and then lately i just get hammered by everything it's like i i don't know if we got like a a, a, a unannounced debuff on it but i mean i just get jacked but then from what uh phoenix said just a while ago compare the torpedo belt on the vermont to the torpedo belt on the montana and i bet you're gonna see a big difference um so the slow movement speed thing yeah I, I don't take that into account because it's it's two different battleships but and the vermont is a out. completely different play style Absolutely. So I've got the I pulled the stats website up, and I filtered it to all the tier ten battleships, the top ten percent of players, just so that the stats of Borgone, Ohio, Shikishima, Slava, the Research Bureau, and Steel stuff isn't too skewed higher. Um, just because the barrier to entry for those ships is so high, so it's generally the super high players that have them. So we'll look at the same tier of player with the other ones. So the Ohio has the... Um, one, two, three, four... It has the sixth highest average damage. There are... There are 13 tier 10 battleships. Who's number one on the list, just out of curiosity? Yeah, what's the top battleship? 
Uh, the top battleship is Borgone pretty much across the board. And okay, well let's let's go back Which to the top fifty. Doesn't 50%. surprise me because that's a steel ship. So Borgone has that's that's what I'm getting to. So Borgone has an average win rate. We're looking at the top twenty five percent of players now. Borgone has an average win rate of sixty nine point eight two percent, with an average damage of one hundred and forty four thousand. And Ohio has an average win rate of sixty seven point six eight. And an average damage of 121,000. Montana is third from the bottom in average damage, with average damage of 105,000 and a win rate of 59.89. Now that's assuming kind of an equally skilled player playing it. Yeah, but we're 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 talking two premiums versus a tech tree. What's the what's the highest tech tree on that list versus the Montana? The highest tech tree is the Kremlin, and it's the Vermont yeah. right now. But we can also we can kind of discount the Vermont there because it's kind of the same thing as the as the steel and research bureau ships. It's been out for a short enough time that only the exceptionally above average players are going to have the means through free experience or or just sheer grinding to be able to get that thing this quickly so yeah right, the kremlin right. the highest one so, kremlin. so so what's second then if it's not a tech tech or kremlin. sorry not a premium ship what's second okay so the order the order by average damage is borgon shikishima slava thunderer conqueror arp yamato okay we can get rid of that one vermont ohio Republic, Kremlin, Yamato, Montana, Grocer Curve first. So wow. basically what you're telling me is tech tree ships are garbage, right? Well, wow. no. The, I think the tech so, tree ships aren't necessarily any worse. You just tend to have the the top 5, 10, 1% yeah. of players probably gravitate towards the 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 other ships more because they're the ones that have the means to get the steel and the research points and the coal. Right, right. I was just going to say that it's it's because your tech tree you're more opt to have an average player driving the tech tree versus the steel or the coal or the research. It, it's it's a different class of player. Exactly what what yeah. Sock is saying. And, and yeah. the thing with the why the Borgone stats are so high isn't necessarily because it's a better ship. It's because it's only like the the Unicums and Super Unicums of the world are actually playing it. Like, think about the last time you actually saw one in the wild. They're so rare. Um, I think. Wait till I get a hold of one and just completely tank all of their stat padding. <laughs> right, you'll, right. You'll potato it, I'm sure, Mando. Well, interesting that I, I that I heard. Right now. <laughs> if you see the Slava drop a few points, it's because I have one. I was going to say, how have your really Slava losing. exploits been going lately? <laughs> yeah, how has that been going for you, man? Don't tell us. I'm serious. I know you. I know you've not been having a great time with it. Oh, actually, so if you go by pure stats and win rate, uh, I've been having a horrible win rate in the boat. But it's not because it's a bad boat. It's because I've been on some really not so good teams um, and trying to yeah. anchor in a Slava. It's not meant to tank. It is basically, I, I treat it as a heavy cruiser that's, you know, with phenomenal guns. It's To me, it's like another Stalingrad. Um, so without, uh, without asking you, like, pure stats and trying to embarrass you, I mean, what do you think the damage potential 
is like in the Slava. Is, is it as advertised? Do you think it's worth it or what? The guns are what I call disgusting. They're disgustingly accurate where even an average potato like me can get out there and score some numbers in it. Yeah. The um, problem with Slava is Euro in his video about it described as cripplingly over-specialized. Even though I have a not so good or not been not so lucky on the teams as far as a win rate, that doesn't um, dissuade me from from playing the boat because I thoroughly enjoy it. So this is one of those. It's a love hate. I I hate to take it out because it's you know if if you're looking from a pure stat pad standpoint, I, I'm losing a lot in it. But I enjoy playing it so much because the dispersion is so disgusting. Uh, disgustingly accurate that it's regardless whether I'm winning and losing, I'm enjoying playing the ship. So bottom line up front, um, it it was well worth it to go through the research bureau just to get the Slava. What are your favorite aspects of that boat? Um, the, the accuracy. The accuracy. Um, and in the stat spamming page, I just put up my stats. And so... Um, you know, th- thirteen battles in it with an average of ninety k da- damage uh, and a win rate of thirty one percent. So I'm an average player, you know. So um, my favorite aspect of it is because you are so disgustingly accurate. Uh, we were well, we were in sync drop divisions. W- was it last night? And yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. In, in fact, it was you and I, Nimitz, and it was. I mean, I need to put up some some um, replays up because at max range 20 to 22 kilometers i am just slapping broadsides you know broadside boats with citadels galore it's i feel like oprah you get a citadel and you get a citadel and you get a citadel you know do you recall when you that was that the game where you were against me yes yes do you recall if that salvo you hit on me had any citadels because i wasn't broad i was in the thunderer i wasn't broadside with you but i couldn't tell if they were Hull pens, or if you were just going through the superstructure, because the uh, thunder superstructure is so so thick, you eat a lot of pens through it. I was getting full pens, and I did get a citadel on you, and you were angled out probably at about 40 percent. Yeah. So, I, I guess what I'm asking Mando is, uh, I, from what it sounds like, from what I'm hearing, um. You're not having as much success with it as you would like, but you still really enjoy the boat. What would you say to our listeners to recommend them to go out and spend the time and effort to get the Slava? It is going to be very frustrating to you if you think that you're going to tank in it. It is not a tanking battleship. It is a very highly specialized ship, but if you like that style of gameplay, you will thoroughly um, enjoy it. My caveat to that is I've, I've got 13 battles in it so far. It usually takes about what do we figure, Sock, about 100 battles to really balance out the stats. So I say, yeah. I say 75 to 100. The stats website yeah. says it's 80 games before your leaderboard stats are counted. So I think that's a pretty good gauge. So I, I do notice that in just 13 battles, like I started off and I was at like in a low 20% win rate. So my win rate's going up with only 13 battles. So um, engage me in a couple of podcast episodes when I start getting more battles into it and my stats start normalizing. Stats put aside... 
I thoroughly enjoy the ship. I love the, the, the play style. It is so satisfying to just, you know, um, again, hand out citadels to people and pet full penetrations at max range. Don't, don't expect a tank in it though. What's, yeah. what's, what's your saying? Uh, what's, what is your saying stock? Uh, your citadel is my property. How's that go? No, I can't remember who. I didn't come up with this. I can't remember who originally said it. I think somebody said it in a battle, and I was like, "Oh, oh man, I got to copy that. I got to use that one." <laughs> I like Tiffany stealing. Ho- it must have been some YouTuber or something or community contributor that first said it. I don't know. What's like, the full name though? Hippity hoppity, your citadel is now my property. Yeah, amen. <laughs> To put it in a gamer's terms, like, I don't know, Oprah, I'll probably get canceled because I poke fun on Oprah. Um, yeah. But to put it in gamer terms, that and I will quote Sock on this one. I steal this one from Sock all the time. Let me see. Your hit points go to Gulag, and now your hit points go to Gulag, and your hit points are going to Gulag. And it's just, you know, it's the mighty power of Stellinium shells going out. It's just phenomenal. Disgustingly accurate. So you're a fan of it. On a scale of one to ten, what would you tell our listeners? If that is, if you do the research bureau for only one ship, do it for the Slava. On a scale of one to ten, I would give it like a nine point five. Why not the Ohio instead? Because that's you're the first person I've heard that said that said that. Because of my everybody game else file? I've talked to has said the Ohio first. To, oh, so okay, Ohio dispersion is you're not if you're gonna take an Ohio out and expect to get thunder dispersion, you're not going to. Ohio is good as as long as you're not trying to, to go up the middle on a clan brawl, you're gonna do okay. So I got um, this crazy idea, guys. We're gonna we're, you're gonna call me crazy, but we're gonna send the Ohio up the middle. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, that's in reference to a clam brawl that we had, and it was a great tactic. It threw the enemy off a little bit, but they caught, you know, they caught onto it eventually. But back, back to the question, I would take a Slava over the Ohio just because, again, for, for that average player that's going to go, okay, decides, hey, I'm going to do the research bureau. I've heard a lot about it. Um, you're going to get up to the Ohio. There's a lot of hype to it. A lot of big clans, are, you know, they use it in in clan battles because it, it's a good anchor. Again, to me, the Ohio is an improved Montana. It serves its purpose to anchor a flank, but it, but I don't have as much fun because the guns are not as accurate. The Slava guns, you point your guns at something and you're going to hit it and you're going to hit it hard. Case in point. Uh, Cyber was in his Marceau scooting around at 50 plus knots and I was nailing him <laughs> with AP shells from like 18 kilometers Cyber, away. you weren't nailing me. That's a gross mis-exaggeration. Well, bring the replay up. My whole oh. point is, is if, <laughs> I, if I am connecting with a Marceau at distance in a, in a battleship with battleship shells, it's, it's, it's pretty darn accurate. And those Marceaus go quick. They scoot around fast so well, gonna, the, the difference is i'm a noob at the marceau so it, it was not operating at full capacity with me behind the helm <laughs> so so i have that to say for the marceau and, and i want to counter you too because uh i think the counter away typical build for an ohio is a secondary build it's not meant to be um a sniper build 
and and I don't I don't even know if the because uh, I don't play it. I don't even know if the sniper or uh, the Slava is meant to be a sniper bill. Um, but from what you're telling me is like it's really soft, but it does a lot of damage. So I'm assuming it's a sniper bill, but it's a glass it, cannon, definitely. The Ohio is a tank, and you build it as a secondary build, and the amount of damage you're going to get off of it is probably more than what the Slava would get just based on the secondaries. I mean, you get, you know, three, 400 secondary hits are a match. I mean, it's, is, is there really a comparison there? Okay. So I just threw up my Ohio stats. I have 40 battles in the Ohio average damage of 81 K 13 battles in the Slava average damage of 90 K. So I'm doing more damage in the Slava than I am in the Ohio. But, most people or most average players are going to get the Ohio because the Ohio is more viable or in clan battles in higher tiers because the Ohio has survivability, whereas the Slava does not. The Slava's got a 25 millimeter bow. You're going to be, if, if you get targeted, you're going to take damage. And if I was a clan leader in a competitive clan, I would take a player with an Ohio over a Slava any day. Even though the Slava is more accurate and probably to do more damage, what I want is it's that battleship because it's a limited you know a, a valuable commodity slot i want something that's going to survive and still have just about the same damage output so just for average gameplay if me and you're going to jump into a match and i tell you hey we either need a slava or a how you're going to pick the slava every time two different two different missions two different um no just average gameplay just like you got to pick it on the spot like we're just going to jump into randoms? Yeah. If we're just going to jump into randoms, I'm going to take the Slava. Awesome. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to jump in there because we are way over time, and we're going to take a brief pause, and then we'll be right back on the other side. So hang tight. All right. Welcome back, and we are going to step away from all of that. It was an interesting tangent that ate up the whole first half of the show and a little bit longer than we were going to go. But uh, there's been some interesting things and, and I wanted to bring up uh, some dev blog notes here. Uh, a couple of these that I've been reading on and I'm not going to cover all of them because you know what, we'll, we'll save some for next week and the week after. But there's been some interesting things that I wanted to bring up. And, and, and the first one was the, uh, it's talking about 9.12 balance changes to test ships removal of summers and they talk about it you know the removing the summers and we, we've we've kind of talked about that a little bit uh, just in in game and, and in passing um, but they're talking about replacing that with the cruiser tier 10 Austin now reason I bring Austin up is we talked about that once before however there's another modification that they just made a change to the Austin and it's really something that caught my eye, and I wanted to bring it up here and see what you guys thought. Now, we already know some stats about the Austin. It, it's, it's uh, what do we say? It's basically like an Atlanta on steroids, right? I believe that was the term we all used. However, they made a modification to this ship before it comes into play, and the number of charges... For the main battery reload booster consumable has been changed from one to unlimited. So they have made the main battery reload booster unlimited on that ship. 
talk to me. What do you guys think about that? That to me what, staggers the what, out of me. Well, what's, well what's clearly it was underperforming in testing if they did that. What's the time uh, reload on that, though? They didn't yeah, say. Okay, so then you can't really make a comment on it. I, sure I actually have the, the stats. No, I mean, okay, if it's like it. three so minutes or main something. battery reload booster, action time is 15 seconds. Okay, Reload time is 125 seconds. Okay, so that's pretty standard. Battery yeah. boost is plus 75%. That's not standard. Normally, it's plus 50%. And the main battery reload during boost is two seconds. Is that its uh, uh, function limit, two seconds? No, it'll last for 15 seconds. So basically, looking at uh, the reload... Let me find the reload here. So the reload time is eight seconds normal with the main battery reload booster when you activate it for 15 seconds, you will have a two second reload on your guns. So you're going to get off, um, what? Seven, seven salvos in that time. So if I fire a full salvo and I hit the reload booster, it's going to take me 15 seconds to activate that reload booster. Is that what you're no, saying? No, no. It, once you hit the button, it will run for 15 seconds. And, and it will reload. basically, will cut down to six second reload. A two-second reload. Oh, yeah, that's right. Two-second reload. Yeah, your reload will that's go from eight goddamn. seconds Whoops, to two sorry. seconds. That's pretty powerful. Yeah, from eight seconds to two seconds. So you'll get off like seven or eight salvos of SAP. Well, and that, that was my point. We are basically saying that this ship now, every two minutes, can hit that reload booster for 15 seconds. So, not too shabby. That's... I mean extremely powerful that is well godly it's it's godly yeah i mean it's, it, it was just one for a while there they had it at one charge you could use it once which is fine most ships you get two or three four uses out of it and if you uh if you spec it in the uh what the captain's build you can add one more but unlimited <laughs> i mean that well, that really caught me off guard i'm like are you kidding unlimited just imagine that with, say, a Thunder, and they did that reload boost for the heel. I mean, that's godly. I mean, it's like I don't, I don't even know if that's like, um, it, you you can't put that ship in the game. You can't. Oh, well, they might look because the only other ships that really have it are most of the French ships. So they might uh, change it to match the French ships later or maybe make some of the French ships uh, uh, buff some of their uh, reload boosters. Because they, they, they got to their goal has to be balanced, right? You would you think. Gotta remember, guys, the, the bottom line is this is still work in progress. So just bear that in mind. Nothing here is, you know, final stats. So you, you take a look at the, uh, the Jean Bart with the, with the reload booster, right? Um, everybody thinks, you know, the Jean Bart is OP. Well, I played the Jean Bart and you hit the reload booster and you get maybe, maybe another salvo off. That's an extra salvo off. 
That's all you get. That's cool. I mean, you get an extra several of blah, blah, blah. But it's not like OP. What you're saying with that, that's OP. That is like godly. I mean, like there's no right. other ship but out there. Remember, can- remember, this is on an Austin, which is basically in Atlanta with very weak sides and can get deleted very easily. A JB can stand and take a lot of punishment before it goes down. So yeah. there's the difference. And the JB tends to have a heck of a lot longer reload than the Austin will too. So that that's why yeah. you're only getting one or two salvos extra. But do you remember when the Atlanta first came out? Yep. Um it was it was like totally OP and it still had the same weak sides. It still was, you know, garbage defense wise. Um but it could delete a ship in the in you know moment of just seconds gone boom done um now you're telling me that they're gonna make the atlanta totally obsolete and this ship is going to do like 10 times better um yeah the atlanta's start- not obsolete though if you have a 19 point captain in an and atlanta and the captain is set up correctly it's it's a good ship yeah, which it always kind of needed. It always kind of needed a 14, at least a 14-point um, captain. Mando, you, Sock, and several other players in our clan are much better players than I am, but I'm telling you, the Atlanta is obsolete. I will say this. Uh, the Austin sounds more like an American Colbert. Yeah, it's yeah same, absolutely. Same caliber yeah. Guns. It's yeah, just the Colbert the has that, that baked in and tweaked a little bit because it has a just over three second reload. And, so and you also got to remember with SAP, you're not going to be lighting any fires, yeah. which is a big the, part of light cruiser play. The difference is because it's American, it's going to be a little bit more sturdier than the Colbert. And uh, the angles are going to be a little bit better than the Colbert. And, uh, I'm telling you, if you can put up the, that kind of firepower that much, that fast, that hard, um, it's like, you know, it's like a Worcester on on steroids. It really is. It's a DD eliminator. Absolutely. Right. Right. Well, I like it. It sounds exciting. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> going to be definitely going to be something. Um, they they did go on after they talked about that. Uh, and talk that they're going to be doing some balance changes to some ships. The Kansas uh, Sigma is increased 0.1. The AP shells. Now, this was something that that really interested me. The, the on the Kansas and the Minnesota, the Kansas armor penetrating shells increased by roughly 3.5 percent on their AP. On the Minnesota, increased by roughly 4%. So what that tells me is they're going to start getting a lot more overpens than they were before. Uh, They must have agreed, like the rest of us, that those things hit like trucks and they delete dang near everything they fire at. So it's good that they've increased and are going to be overpenning. At least that's my thoughts. But they did the the same to the Tallinn, too. It was underperforming. You're getting less shatters. I disagree. I mean, I, I... it depends on the angle of penetration, first off. Um, and if you have the right angle of penetration, from what you're telling me, they're going to actually be able to 
you know, get more pins, like more citadels. All they're doing is bringing it in line, more in line with the, uh, with its, uh, with its contemporaries and its tier. How about the Tallinn at tier eight though? The, uh, the Russian cruiser, they increased the AP of its AP shells to, uh, an additional 12.5%, 12.5. Crazy. Well, yeah. That that's ship was really underperforming. Right. So, you know, um, it's all about the Russian balance, but this time I actually agree with them. Um, the Tallinn's, it, it's the, not a very good ship in its, it's current not. form. It, for what they put it out as, it is not. It's very underperforming. So, yes, it does deserve a buff. The fact of the matter is your AP in that ship is very strong against cruisers, but you can't really do a heck of a lot against battleships, at least at any kind of distance. And your high explosive is weak enough that you don't really have an effective battleship weapon. Okay. Well, something that the, uh, you know, there's a couple other ships here that, you know, the Fenyang has, its reload has increased up to 5.2 from 4.5. Some damage has been increased a little bit, only 200, and, and some of those little adjustments there on, on the Fenyang, which I don't know a whole lot of people that will be into another Pan-Asian destroyer. Um, but something we were talking about before the show, Mando and I, um, the Italian battleships have at least two of them, the Tier 4 and 5. I'm not going to bother pronouncing them. Uh, both of their AP shells' maximum damage has been lowered by almost 500 points, and the armor penetration of their AP shells was lowered by roughly 20%. So they are going to come considerably down. These I, are I all... This is nurse that they started with the Tier 10 a couple of months ago. And what they right. do is they start it with the Tier 10, and as the testing goes, they work their way down the tiers, and then they apply right. them more and more things. So all they're doing there is bringing it in line with what they've done with the rest of the line, which means that that line has clearly been overperforming. Right. I, I know we talked about this before, but do the, uh, do the Italian battleships have SAP or yes. the AP yes. only? AP and SAP. So with those stats you were talking about, does that include SAP? No. Or is that totally, strictly AP only? That is strictly AP only. So that's where I would think the difference would come in. So, um, you know, we, we've seen what SAP can, you know, you're in a Venezia, Venezia, whatever. Um, you're, you're firing at a destroyer and you rip it apart. Um, you're finding at a cruiser and you're finding at the superstructure and you rip it apart. I think it's going to stay the same for, for battleships. Um, but maybe, maybe you fire at the waterline with a battleship because of the caliber of the gun and the speed of the shows. I would argue SAP against the battleship works best if you're hitting the superstructure and you're plunging it in. You can get in there. You can go right through the deck. You can do a lot of damage that way. Um, if you're going to try waterline, you you've got to go AP. Unless you're shooting at well, something that the, you know has a, well, what's yeah. the what's the speed of a Italian? I, and I don't know if we have this information yet, but what's the speed of an Italian battleship shell? SAP versus AP. They're probably similar to what the cruisers are, so I'd expect in the region of 850 to 900 meters per second. 
Yeah, so pretty average. No, that's that's above average for a battleship. That's well, really high for a battleship. But but traditionally, that's lower than 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 most of the. Uh, well, it, it's close to the Germans, but it's still behind the the Russians. Most of the Russians no, uh, fire not. it much much faster. No, it's not the Kremlin's shell speeds eight hundred meters per second. It's probably pretty close to in line with that, if not a little faster. I got it here. Looking at the uh, the tier eight proposed battleship, the Vittorio Veneto shell SAP eight hundred and eighty meters a second. And there you go. And AP shells is eight fifty, and that's on the tier eight. It's no Slava, or I'm not sure what the Slava is. The Slava might even be the same so, as the Kremlin. I mean. Seriously, like SAP at the waterline in a battleship, could it be worth it? Well, it um, depends. It, depends on what you're shooting at. I mean, if it, you're shooting at a light cruiser, probably yeah, you'll be fine. Yeah, but no, if you're I'm talking but about if you're trying to, if you're trying to citadel a battleship with an SAP with SAP, you're an idiot. Yeah, I frankly. don't think that's going to work. If if you're going to use SAP, I aim for the bow. Like especially if you know something like a Slava has got a twenty-five millimeter bow, aim yeah. for the bow, and it's going to hit just like HE would. It will probably penetrate penetrate through. I'm looking at the tier nine stats for the Italian battleship, has a penetration factor of ninety-six millimeters. So aim for the bow, aim for the stern, or aim for the superstructure. Don't aim for the belt with SAP. You're not going to get anywhere right, with right. it. I, I, SAP okay, so high explosive with some caveats. So obviously, I'm confused. Um, maybe our listeners are too. Um, if you have a battleship with, let's say, 300 plus millimeter guns, why would you not shoot at the waterline with SAP? Because it doesn't have the penetration to go through the belt. Yeah, you're armor. not going to penetrate. SAP doesn't have very much penetration. Only like 96 millimeters, even on the Christopher Colombo. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to go through bows. You're going to go through superstructure. You'll go through most of the decking armor because you got to remember stuff like the Kremlin's got like what 50, 60 millimeter deck armor. So it'll yeah, go through the decking. But it it's so you have a higher penetration, but no fire. However, it's not an AP round. So don't so, aim the waterline. So the uh, size of the gun, the millimeter of the gun, doesn't matter. No, not with SAP. Well, it does. Well, not in the same sense as it does with AP, at least. Right. Correct. Because, I mean, you're, you're looking at basically a, an HE shell or an HE payload inside a better angled shaped uh, jacket so that it can punch through a little bit more before it explodes. That's all. It's essentially high explosive rounds that can bounce. You know, with high explosive, it doesn't care about angle. The only thing it cares about is armor thickness. So, so you, armor piercing, any armor piercing, you also have to worry about the your auto bounce angle. So, if you tell me you have two hundred five AP versus three fifty six or four hundred plus AP, it doesn't matter. Well, uh, SAP. If if you have a Sorry, large SAP, SAP it's, you're right. Yeah. Um, the armor piercing is a more dense round and it's designed to punch through multiple layers of armor so that's when you're really gonna uh hit the the soft spots of the ship whereas the semi 
it's it's like an airburst cannon. It's supposed uh, he's a airburst cannon. This one hits and then explodes. Essentially, the difference between armor piercing, semi armor piercing, and high explosive is a high explosive round is a round packed with high explosive, but the detonator is on the nose of the round, so it will generally detonate on contact. Armor piercing, the detonator will be somewhere inside it, but there will be a delay on it. So when it senses the contact, there will be a few milliseconds of delay before the bursting charge goes off. Semi-armor piercing, generally, I know with the British 6-inch shells, I believe the detonator is in the base of the shell. So the shell has to penetrate a little bit before the detonator even gets armed. That's kind of like high-explosive squash head in tanks, except not quite as advanced. So yeah, but can can you explain in, in, how in game terms, Nimitz? In game terms, if you, that's why if you use AP shells and you shoot at the bow of a ship or the superstructure, you get what you call overpen, which is the AP round actually goes through the ship and out the other side without arming the warhead. So you're going to get that minimum. What is it like 1,100 or 1,200 points of damage? Ten percent of the maximum damage. So you'll, you'll get that, and that's why you, you see everybody in the game, ah, welcome to World of Overpens. Well, switch your aiming. Right. AP rounds, you want to aim for the belt and the belt line because you want that shell to arm and detonate once it penetrates to the armor. If you're hitting superstructure, decking, or bow or stern, like you would aim with an HE or SAP round, it's going to overpen, and basically it's going to go through and through without detonating. But, I, I mean, again... Noob question, but um, if you have like a three two hundred five round or a three fifty six round, why is there a difference with SAP? Is um, what I'm getting at. Here's the here's here's the Yamato's HE round on a four hundred and sixty millimeter cannon can penetrate seventy seven millimeters of armor. If it had SAP, that number would probably be somewhere in the hundreds. It would probably be about 120. So the reason why you want to shoot SAP, it, it's basically an HE round with a little more oomph to get through thicker deck plating. So There is uh, actually a mathematical value to this. So yeah. what did we say the 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 um the three fifty sixes on the Columbo's SAP pen was? One moment please. Ninety six, I thought. Something like yeah, that. Ninety six, I believe I said. Yep. Okay, so what? Um, okay, so we have three hundred and fifty-six divided by. Would we say ninety-six. Ninety-six is three point seven one, and we have two zero three divided by fifty-four, three point seven. So that means your SAP penetration um, multiplied by three point seven is the caliber of the gun. So take your gun caliber and divide it by three point seven, and that's the the armor piercing semi armor piercing penetration it will have with high explosive it's what well, one eighth caliber one sixth caliber sixth caliber i think a quarter unless caliber for baked in ifhe yeah unless you're like a german cruiser in which case it's the one in one quarter and then of course with uh, i don't believe i'm not sure if sap is subject to overmatch or not at this point in the mechanics, I have not seen any overmatch or any evidence to suggest that there is going to be... But then again, overmatch. the only things that you're actually shooting at 
you know, like 203 can't overmatch anything. You know, you're not even going to be overmatching destroyers. So that's kind of a moot point Correct. with with cruisers. But with the battleships, that becomes a more relevant question. But even still, not really, because the tier 10 is only going to have 14 inch guns. You're not overmatching anything with 14 inch guns. Except light cruisers. But I mean, anyway. So, right. so now that you guys answer that, because I understand, thank you. I feel educated. <laughs> <laughs> how well, do you think this? How do you think it affects the uh, average player in the game, and what should they be looking for? Sounds like there's going to be a learning curve. Um, people are going to be using SAP probably incorrectly for a while until they realize where they need to aim. Well, the thing with SAP is there the correct way to use it is basically just shoot at the ship and hope for the best. Um, it's pretty easy to use. Our armor-piercing shells have the hardest, I don't want to say learning curve, but the, I guess learning curve is kind of the right way of saying it. Learning where to shoot on things to, to have the maximum effect, you know, learning what has an icebreaker bow and what doesn't, and the overmatch mechanic. Semi-armor piercing is kind of like high explosive plus is kind of a better way to describe it, I think. If that makes sense. The base, you're going to, a lot of the newer players are probably going to treat it similar to HE. I think you're probably right about that. And it, you can do okay with it. My experience with the Italian cruisers is you can do okay with it, treating it like HE. But once you get the nuances down, it becomes a lot more effective. All right, so I think I hijacked this conversation enough, and I think uh, Cyber has some other shit stuff he wants to go. <laughs> oh man, well, that's all right. Tally up to two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's fine. Uh, I wanted to. We were gonna get into the weekly grind here very shortly, but to to kind of segue into that, uh, more balance changes. But now they're talking a lot about the carriers. And it looks like, well, I don't know that we really have to put a lot of time into a Tier 4 Ho-Sho, but they've kind of eliminated a lot of stuff. They've, they've knocked the attacking torpedo bomber flight from 2 to 1. They've dropped the amount of torpedoes on it. Uh, the bomb... Uh, Who the, cares? Huh? Who cares? Right. Oh. It's, it's the Ho-Sho. No. It's a Tier 4. And honestly, the Ho-Sho is the best carrier in the game. It's pretty decent. I, I did like the Ho Show. I, I the Ho Show is I, it's no, not I'm, much I'm to look serious. at. The Ho Show is my favorite carrier. It is a lot of fun and it is honestly a little bit too strong. The main reason yeah. why you see people hating the low tier carriers is because they're usually brand new carrier players and the carrier mechanics take a lot of time to figure out because they're kind of weird. Right. Well, the tier Sorry. tier four Sorry. Langley had some adjustments to uh, torpedo damage is lowered um, by about seven hundred points per torpedo. Uh, the chance of flood reduced from thirty three to thirty. Um, the implacable also took a little bit of a nerf in the same aspect. A little bit of damage from bombs reduced. Uh, the chance of causing a fire with a bomb has increased two percent uh, on the implacable. Back. The audacious 
The number of rockets on a standard attack aircraft was reduced from 12 to 10. The number of rockets uh, researchable aircraft reduced from 14 to 12. The maximum bomb damage increased by 400. And the chance of fire increased 1%. Now that's all well and good. However, this one is a big one. The Manfred von Richthofen. They have changed the dive bomber's aiming ellipse, and they have a picture of a before and after. And basically what they've done is they've taken the green area of where the bombs typically, where you're selecting you want the bombs to hit, as you're placing it on the ship, and they've made that green area larger. And what I see that to be doing is making it so that the bombs are going to hit a little bit less precise. So, I guess a slight nerf. I mean, it's it's so not a ton. In fewer words. They nerfed the accuracy of the dive bombers. Right. I'm not by gonna, much. I'm gonna jump in here because I love the Plymouth carriers. Um, first off, I thought they made the elliptical smaller. They made it. They made it bigger so that the bombs bigger. will hit that area and not so much on target on the ship. Either way, it doesn't matter because German AP bombs, shells, rockets, whatever you want to call them, are good. However, the planes are still weak as hell. And, um, you know, you get into a 5v5 because we've been playing uh, the clan brawls and every ship is... AA build for the most part, like a lot of Petros or AA build. Um, doesn't matter. I mean, whatever f fix they want to make, uh, just not going to affect the game because German fighters are ineffective. They truly are. Unless you hit, they're totally ineffective. Um, I still want to go in my way. Well, hang, um, hang tight on that. Hang tight on that because we, uh, the reason I started with that or finished with that in the, in the balance changes section was because we decided we're going to talk carriers for the weekly grind. And since there's only four carriers per tech tree, that's only 16 total carriers. Um, for all the nations. So what we're going to do is talk on the weekly grind about all the CVs, what everybody's favorite was, how they enjoy it, which ones are better for them, and why. So why don't you continue on, and we'll call it weekly grind time. Nope, nope. I'll hold off until we get to weekly grind. We're on it no, right now. Go it. for it. Right now. Okay. <laughs> all right. Unleash the beast there, Nimitz. Okay. But so... don't, don't swear. <laughs> <laughs> anymore i've got to bleep myself i slipped earlier tonight too so it's fine the slip? wheels fell off a little you bit. slipped i didn't hear you said you slipped yeah i did and as soon as it came out i knew okay look at the time i gotta go and edit that <laughs> what'd you say oh, we'll pass i'm not gonna that. say it yeah, again <laughs> we're not gonna re go down that all right road. weekly <laughs> grind <laughs> cvs go all right <laughs> weekly grind here we go you're so, on deck go so um when we Went to our uh, tier 10 clan battles. Um, the Rick Tobin on the 
opposition side was wrecking us. And I couldn't wait to get one. And I ground it and I ground it and I ground it. And I didn't get there in time to finish tier 10 battles. So um, I actually got it. And I, I played it in randoms. And I was like, okay, this is cool. This is a good ship. And then we got to Clan Brawls. And it's like every clan has an AA build. And German ships are soft, dude. The planes, I'm sorry, not the ships, the planes, they're soft. They're really soft. And the majority of the time, um, my planes get shredded before I can even make a run. And I'm like, why is everybody so hyped on this ship? But I step back and I remember what they did to us in our, our clan 10. And uh, I was like, no, it's, it's still a good ship. I could give it a shot. And my planes still get shredded. And I think with a tier five brawl on brawl, you have to be pretty much a spotter, and that's your only role. And, you know, as much as I want to be a team player, that's kind of disappointing. Um, so, so you tell me favorite? what you think. So, yeah, what, what, is, what is your favorite tier or uh, tech tree uh, nation for, for CVs? What what I found out is the uh, the midway actually is has a lot more survivability, and I get more damage, and I'm I'm really disappointed at that because I know the I know the uh, German line if it has a chance can have a a boatload more. I almost said something wrong. Yeah, yep. keep going. Well, load more of potential damage. I know it can. Um, their their torpedoes are really weak, obviously, uh, but their bombers and their rockets are amazing if they can drop them. But they cannot drop them in a clan battle. The midway can. Um, the midway planes are have much more survivability. Okay, anybody else? I, uh, I'm i not that far on my uh, grind with carriers. Um, in fact, my grind was to get to have access to the carriers. That started back about five years ago. And at that time, when I finally got my first carrier, uh, it was a whole different play style. And then I kind of got bored of the game, or other games came out, I put it down, and I come back to it months or even years later, and playing a carrier is totally different now. Yep. So my my experience with carriers really centers on going from the Hojo to the Rujo and feeling like it was a little... It wasn't a bad transition, but that jump from Tier 4 to Tier 6 really kicks you when you're getting up-tiered. And uh, the ships have better AA... Or in the case of the Hosho, you don't have any fighter uh, squadrons to deploy. So you're not able to defend your 
destroyers or whatever with fighter squadrons. And it's a little frustrating when they're calling, we need air support. And you're like, I, I can't. <laughs> There's nothing I could do. I could swim over there and shoot them down maybe, but that's it. Uh, Ryujo solved that. But again, getting up tiered is awful. The truth uh, is, losing karma is just a fact of life as a carrier player because everybody yeah. expects you to be Mr. Worldwide and you can't please everybody. Essentially, you just have to say, screw you guys, I'm not spotting for you, do it yourself. If I happen to be over you, I'll spot for you, but I have my own game to play. So um, I will say I, that... I dis well, Okay. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, real quick, comparing... Uh, the Hosho uh, to the uh, German Rhine because I managed, I got that just before I was able to upgrade my Ryujo. Or the Rhine, that thing is fantastic. I, it was such a difference in play style. The bombers um, are certainly different. They take a little bit of getting used to, but once you get the hang of them, so, oh man. So weird. And again, it's that tier four. Um, issue with getting up tiered and having yes. stronger AA ships out there that I just cannot push forward on that German line because it's so well it's a it's a grind. Not having a fighter consumable at tier four is kind of weird too. Yeah. Because that would uh, be a good strategy for deferring AA. Here seeing the uh the American line and then the uh I honestly don't see much about the uh English line at all, so hopefully someone can enlighten me about that. But I, I'm a lot more apt to probably if I was going to continue down a carrier line after I do the 800 other things I'm trying to do, I would probably finish off the Japanese and then maybe start on the American. Yeah, well, I do have some stuff to share about carriers. Yep, and, and I do too. Go ahead, sock. Um, so I have played through two carrier lines. And I also had some experience before the carrier rework, but that's kind of irrelevant these days. Uh, the two tier 10 carriers I have, I have the Hakuryu and the Midway, and I, have play, and I have played the Audacious in public tests in the past. My opinion is that the US carrier line is the best one for a player that is new to I love you, man. carrier gameplay and you, wants man. to learn how the mechanics work. It's similar. It's in a similar vein to how the U.S. Uh, battleships work. In that, I've always said, if you want to learn how to battleship, get the North Carolina. Because if you can do well in North Carolina, you can do well in any battleship in the game. If you can do well in a Ranger, Lexington, or Midway, you'll do well in any carrier. Now, well, the other thing that I do say about carriers is, if you want to learn how to play carriers, play the U.S. If you want to learn how to play carriers well, play the Japanese or the Germans. And if you want to just like be a beast and tank, then play the British. I'm because their planes are pretty tanky. Well, and that's that's always kind of been the uh, uh, kind of the moniker. You have the the Japanese are are fast and hit hard, but are very weak against AA. The British are the opposite of that. They don't have as much firepower in their torpedoes or their bombs or anything, but they can handle the AA a lot better. Yeah. And From what the I Americans are right there in the middle that do 
you know, like every other American ship, the American setup has always been, in every game you've ever played, it's always been the Americans are always a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. So they're a little bit good at all of the stuff, but they don't master anything. Um, from I'm what I understand, disagree. the FDR was inspired by the Audacious is based off that kind of play style. So if if you play the British line of carriers, um, you will fail. Unless you are an absolute superb player, you will fail. I disagree. It's a garbage line. Disagree. It's a garbage line. I, I don't disagree. Care. I don't care. Well, clear, yeah, you're, clearly, you're outnumbered three yep, to one on that yep, one. Yep. Clearly, you just haven't given it a lot of time, or it's just not to your cup of tea. Um, no, I've, I, I have found in, in early on in the lower tiers in the British, uh, uh, down at the the first one, I didn't care for the tier four all that much. When I moved up to the Furious at tier six, I enjoyed that one a lot more when I wasn't up tiered. But what I found is I didn't rely so much anymore on the torpedoes because I was dropping a lot less torpedoes than the Japanese uh, uh, counterparts, as same, same as the United States. At that time, there wasn't any Germans in the air. Um, I found that I was a lot better with the cluster bombs that they had, which... I didn't really use a whole lot of the bombs on any of the other carriers. The Japanese AP, that's great. You can you can you know get citadels with them; they're great. But you get one run and you got to recall them because you're taken out so quick. I like the cluster bombs. I've always enjoyed that style of play, and that's one thing. If you can get good with those, you don't need your torpedoes as much. That can be your third plane that you launch. You don't need to use those near as much. Use your rockets. Use your uh, your fighter to, to highlight the DD. Hopefully somebody can take them out. I have had problems since the changes uh, with with the uh, uh, with the DDS and how fast they can move and some of the how long it takes you to, to acquire them, I've noticed in the last couple of games when I've been out in the Furious that my rocket planes can pick up the DD, but I need to drop a fighter there and that fighter needs to stay in the air long enough so I can get around and turn and come back on and find him because. I cannot pick him up fast enough without fighters in the air highlighting him or, or spotting him. If I if that's the case and I don't have fighters and I'm not able to spot him, I can't find him. When I turn around and he finally lights up, my reticle has already passed him and now I've got to go out and circle back around. So it doesn't make any sense for me to even chase DDs at that tier. So I don't know if that's that's the good change. That's a great change. I don't know if it changes at higher levels, but I, I really do like the the British style of play. I haven't given the Germans a heck heck of a lot of uh, a time. I have gotten the Rhine, and I've been playing that a little bit. I'm going to probably try and progress up that line too at some point, and and give them all a good show. But uh, I, I think they're. To me, I think the Audacious is probably going to be just as good as any of the other tiers below it. And if you can get used to that cluster bomb system and know which of the planes works best in what scenario, I think you'd do just fine. I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to tell you right now, with the Audacious, yes. If you can do the cluster bombs, you get a hold of that. It's very rewarding, for sure. But what I will say is it's not that easy. Um, and this is the one time when I say American ships 
are the average where they do better than anyone else. And the, so I have a Rick Tobin and I love it to death. I really do. But the planes are paper thin, paper thin. There's multiple times where I've gone in and my flight, my like total flight, like I didn't drop bombs or torpedoes or nothing. Total flight goes in and it's shredded before I could even make it run. Um, that never happens with the Midway. We're, we're, we're going to settle this. I've sent Sock on a mission to look up the server stats to see what. Uh, yeah. And I'm actually going to look at NA this time. Not uh, I was looking at the EU before. Yeah. We we're going to settle it. The the great carrier debate because yep. I totally I totally get what you're saying, Nimitz. I I get it. I I hear you. Um, I just I disagree with you. I to me the audacious is a far superior carrier than the Midway is. I put my stats up. In the spam channel, you can see, you know, the damages that I've been getting out, you know, in roughly about the same battles. Um, I like one technique on the audacious but, that I use, which is a a quick release on the cluster bombs. When you have a destroyer in yeah. smoke, instead of instead of waiting for that reticle to really zero in, quick release because you have the reticle spread out and you can really spread those um, cluster bombs out and hit DDs in smoke. Yeah, um, I have been absolutely no. devastated by British bombs before. Yeah, I didn't you're, absolutely, you're absolutely right about the, the carpet bombing. And then it's a, 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 a task I've not succeeded at yet. I'm, I'm still working on that. I get you. But it's not about the damage. I mean, like... So here's, here's another thing. It's about thing. spotting. All right, and, I've got the stats up now. Okay. So I'm going to cut um, you guys a, off. I'm gonna oh, let me finish up and then and then I'll turn it over. the The other thing that I like about the Royal Navy carrier is the um, survivability of the planes. With the Midway, um, I can get one pass over before I send my planes home. With the Audacious, I can get two, possibly three, depending on the AA, because the planes are a lot sturdier. And so when I have high survivable planes or planes with high survivability, that means more passes, meaning I'm getting more damage on target. Yeah. Take it away, sock. So. I, I want to ask you guys, what do you think the tier 10 carrier with the highest average experience on the North American server is? Uh, probably I'm going with the... I'm going to go with the Japanese one. The, um, I don't know it. Hakuryu. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's, that's what I would go with, uh, just because it, the, the, those three lines have been out longer. Mando? Audacious. You are correct. It is indeed the audacious. Now, average damage, the highest is the FDR, obviously. Yeah. Average win okay. rate, the highest is the FDR, obviously. And not necessarily because it's overpowered, but because, again, the barrier to entry. Well, so it only is the, the exceptionally skilled right. players right. are going to be having it. Um, next is the Manfred von Richthofen. But guess what the bottom of the list in every category is? The midway. The midway. Wow. It has. It is the only. Um, it is the only carrier that has a less than forty-seven percent win rate. In fact, it is two percent 
more than almost two and a half percent worse so, win rate than any other tier 10 carrier average so by, on average and has 10,000 less average damage than any other tier 10 carrier wow i'm not i'm not gonna say i put up a lot of damage but i do want to present a controversy so um i love my rick tobin and i love them away but when we do tier five on five clan brawls I feel much more comfortable now with what in my midway and I do better damage slash XP. Why do you think that? Is? Well, you know, and Shep made a good point about the, uh, the midway and the American line is a lot of people use those tiny Tims instead of the H bars. Um, and therefore there's less rockets being fired. Granted, they do a ton more damage, but it's also a lower percentage chance of hitting. So that could yeah. play a major factor. There are much so, less effective anti-DD weapon than the 127s right. are. Absolutely. See, and it goes to I show you a, don't... I had a long conversation with Sock, and I went away from Honey Tim's, and I went back to the regular rockets, and the Midway's still doing better in clan brawls and for me maybe not for everybody else over why what the average is who cares i'm talking about me it's doing better why do you think that i think you're used to it you enjoy yeah, playing I it you're used to it and you, you like it better i mean when you get used to something you tend to play it better i mean talk I we can we can rewind back to the beginning of the show we were talking about the ohio and slava mando yeah. picks the slava because he likes that shit better I mean, in a certain circumstances, a clan battle is okay. Yeah, you want to take the Ohio for specific reasons, but if it's just a random battle, you're going to take the ship you like more. And in that case, it's a Slava. In your case, it's the Midway. I think it's probably okay, because you have a, the, an audacious uh, Nimitz. Well, I have one of those too. I haven't played it yet, oh. though. I have one. Um, you know, well, give it a shot. Because it, to. Uh, comment on something Mando said if he can get multiple passes with uh, the same uh, flight plan that he started with that and you said before spotting is key in a, in a carrier that means you can spot for far longer than any of the other ships yep. so I would say give it a shot next time it might surprise you I mean you might not be doing the damage you're, uh, uh, or the you might not be having the impact that you think you're having in the midway, but if uh, spotting is indeed key, then the audacious is obviously the best way to go. Well, and I want to add a little something too is, you know, a lot of us have a lot of different tier 10 ships. And when you jump from one ship to another, you lose a little bit of something because if you've been playing one specific, in your case, let's use the Midway, you've been playing that a ton. If you go over and try playing the Audacious, it's going to be a lot different. You may not like it right away. I would suggest if somebody's grinding a line, pick one of the lines and grind it all the way up and really give it a shot and see what you think because then you're going to have a good feeling for how that's played. But once you get there at 10 and play 10, 15, 20, 30 battles, however many you play in, say, the Audacious, don't just jump over to your midway and try to compare it because it's going to be completely different. 
you can't really take one and play it a whole bunch and jump to another one and expect it to perform the same because you haven't built up that experience with it and you will get rusty if you don't play it regularly so i mean it's nice to have all these ships but if you really want to give a line a shot start at the bottom work your way up and really play those ships a lot over and over and get better at them do some research figure out what's best listen to us listen to us, listen to us on the show you know get some information and, and and try different things and figure out what works for you and really put the time in before you make a call on it it takes an exceptionally skilled player to be able to jump into a, an unfamiliar tier 10 and do amazing in it in the first game absolutely correct i'm, I'm gonna add to that i think uh so I've gone up multiple carrier lines, um, but you go to the Japanese line, and the Shokaku is the Shokaku is a shining turd. Absolute uh, garbage. Now, by the time I got um, rid of it, by the time I got the Hakuri, I'd pretty much figured it out. But yeah, it's not very good. The the Lexington's so way better. Your, your style of play is absolutely different. And the amount it's different of, even from the Hakuryu and the Ryujo. Absolutely. Like it, it, it's and, such and an outlier. Like the I, the damage so different. you're going to get, the XP you're going to get, it's all different. And you should not rate yourself based on the Shokaku because it's a pile of Shokaku. That's what it is. <laughs> now, I do have to say with the Shokaku, Best in class rocket planes. The rocket planes on that thing are second to none. I think they're the best rocket planes in the game. Just don't get enough of them. Yeah, but they're you can just decimate destroyers. They are so accurate. I wish I had the Shokaku's rocket planes on the Hakuryu. But and, and that's the only outlier for what Cyber said. That's the only outlier. Um, it's total pile of poo-poo. Jack um, poo-poo. <laughs> that's the only outlier. Other than that, what Cyber said, I'm 100% in. Alright, well, if nobody else has anything else to say, I know KJ's pretty quiet. He's got all the carriers, but he doesn't like any of them. So. <laughs> I was going to say, the best ones I've found are the ones sitting in my port, and they just sit there, and I look at them, and I go, oh, they're so pretty, as long as they're sitting there. <laughs> They've got those nice flat decks. They collect a lot of dust, don't they? Yes, they most certainly do. <laughs> KJ plays his big DVDs. Exactly. The big only DVDs man. Big DVDs, small DVDs, and medium DVDs. The only guy who has the Enterprise and only uses it to host house parties. <laughs> I, and I think what your point? KJ is, is just uh, he, he takes one out, puts it in the port, and then just puts different camo on it just to see the camo on a wide screen and then he's like all right that's nice and puts it oh yeah oh yeah oh that's a pretty camo i bet that would look pretty in battle yeah too bad i don't play yeah. carriers how are you guys smiling in on me like that it's it's saturday i better put the saturday camo on <laughs> <laughs> dress it up all pretty like exactly uh, we're, we're gonna do a show tonight maybe i should put a different camo on my carrier <laughs> yeah, yeah something something special uh, My carrier you guys look, it looks right. really good in a nice little black camo. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, let's go to parting shots. KJ, I know you're on the road. Why don't we start with you? Oh, not much. Just uh, everybody be safe. Uh, happy holidays for everybody. Um, yeah. I mean, 
try to spend as much time with friends and loved ones as you can. I mean, with this crazy world, but you know, be safe. Um, that's about it. You guys have a good one. All right, Mando. Yeah, parting shots. Um, if we don't get another show out before Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Holidays, whatever your um, preferred holiday holiday celebration is, um, best wishes out to you. I got a couple of names for the week. Um, as always, if I pull your name out or contact me in game, send an email to the show at the full broadside gmail.com. Um, I will get you a weekend pass, which is two days premium, 500 doubloons. And because it's Christmas, I will even throw in a couple of mega containers on there. If you, if your name gets uh, mentioned or somebody has, Hey man, your name got mentioned in the podcast anyway. So uh, third place, uh, fear the mullet because mullets are scary. And, um, <laughs> I fear mullets. Especially, so, especially for you as a bald man, man, right, Mando? What's that? Especially for you as a bald man, right? Yep, I fear the mullets. Mullets are scary. Uh, number two, going in with the Christmas uh, theme, is Tio Scrooge. Tio, of course, as we know, is Spanish for uncle. So Tio Scrooge, if you're out there, man, get you a weekend pass. And the number That's one. That's mine, too. Um, yeah. I want that reward right now. And uh, the the number one that I saw keeping with the Christmas is Santa's beard. Santa's beard. If you're out there, man, contact the show. I get you a weekend pass. Throw in a couple of mega containers. I do have a couple honorable mentions. Just before because, you go to that, the yeah, best, the, the way that could that Santa's beard could have been better would have been if it was Santa's beard, but beard spelled B E E R E D. Yeah, no, it, so, was, it would be a Santa apostrophe S B E E R E D. Santa is beard. <laughs> Santa's beard. A uh, couple of honorable mentions. I guess I'll throw those out there too because the holiday is um, sit the bed and sit my pants. <laughs> caught me, <laughs> caught my eye. So um, anyway, if your name gets mentioned, uh, yeah, contact me. Email the show. Contact me in game, Mando B Hunter, and uh, we'll we'll hook you up with a couple of containers and a couple of, uh, and I'll throw in a couple of mega crates on top of it. Uh, with that, happy holidays, everybody. Be safe, um, and we will see you. I don't know when our next show is after Christmas, probably right. Yeah, Bye, Mando. It, yep, yep. It's gonna probably be uh, the the second or third of January, most likely. Okay, so after we will see you guys in the new year. Wait, wait, you guys like yeah. wussing out on me? Like, we can't do a show between now and then or what? Nope, we can't. We're taking a holiday off. Holidays. Sock, sock it's your turn, parting shots. The replay contest is still ongoing. You still have six days left to send me your replays. We've got a bunch of good submissions. I've got them all recorded. I've started making up my lists of what we're going to review next time. Um, the winners will probably be announced at the if not the next show then the show afterwards because before the next show is when we're going to review the winners when we're going to pick the winners and we might uh, announce it then we might not we'll see when the time comes um and the prize i've decided will be eight mega crates assuming mando is already still okay with sponsoring that because i am broke i will i will co-sponsor that um, I'm so that'll be the prize. Send me your replays. Just got to be something meme worthy. You know, it doesn't have to be huge damage. Doesn't have to be the best game ever. The only criteria is just make sure it makes for good tele. Uh, make sure it makes for good television. Entertain <laughs> me. I dare you. That is all. All right, Nimitz. 
Um, I guess uh, my parting shot is uh, we're an open clan. We're a good clan, and we should have um, good people in this game, which we already do, but we should have some more, and you should come and invite and hang out, see if you like it, and if you do, join. Um, other than that, as far as the show goes, uh, don't play carriers in five-on-five. Um, everybody's got an AA build. It sucks. Kid, kid I, show. Um, kid show. <laughs> kid friendly. Yes. It sucks baloney. Um, <laughs> I, I, almost went, I almost went almost went bad. Almost went bad. But um, <laughs> no, it, it it's terrible. Um, I I I'm not enjoying five on five. This is the first time that they put on an event that was, you know, three and three, five on five, you know, clan battles, clan brawls, whatever. Uh, don't play here. Um, everybody is going to shoot you down because everybody's got a build because you yeah. have to have a carrier. And I love to play my carrier. This is the first time I've never enjoyed it. It sucks. Don't do it. We That's had really a good success of holiday cheer from no balloon for you today. No balloon <laughs> yeah. for you. We we had really good success in the five v five on the first night, but I think, uh, and, and it got us like really high up in the rating. And then all the other teams started to figure out how to battle, and we've and we kind of met our match the last two days. No soup for you. No, no balloon for you. Like, All your I don't think cheer. we're playing any differently. Like we're not playing any worse than we were on that first night. I think the other teams are just a lot better. I, I don't think they're even a lot better. I just think that it it's our adapted RNG. It's, it's just like, it's just futile. It's 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 stupid. Um, but. I mean, we play their carriers. We blow up 43, 53, 63 planes, you know, but they still win. And they do that to us, and they still win. So I don't know. I don't know what, what the right call is on that. I, I know what the right call is. It's going to sound crazy, but I think it's the Ohio. Ohio up the middle? Absolutely. <laughs> All right, nightmare parting shots for you. Um, I, I I guess I'll tack on to the the, the happy holidays, be safe, uh, uh, and uh, happy new year. Um, hopefully, let's go into a new year with the re resolutions to you know uh, wear masks and not be nasty out in public. Um, I think everyone can really truly get behind that, and hopefully they do. Uh, and then if uh, uh, cyber will allow, uh, uh, I. Uh, I kind of want to do a, a little bit of a shameless plug because I, we're not going to have a show uh, until the new year, so I won't get another chance. Go ahead. Plug go it. Ahead. Plug it. So I stream on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Phoenix, spelt N-I-T-E-M-A-R-E-P-H-O-E-N-I-X. That's all one word. Um, I play a lot of warships. I uh, have recently started playing... Uh, Final Fantasy 1 randomized and, and speed running that, and it's insane. 
Um, and I have a slew of other ships. And they're, you know, if you come in to the channel while I'm streaming and uh, say, hey, I uh, heard you on the podcast and you're a new follower, um, I'll give you a game from one of my many game codes that I have lying around collecting dust. Don't blame um, because I didn't get one. <laughs> uh, we haven't found one yet. We're working on that. Um, but uh, we'll uh, be, and I'll help fill that void and scratch that itch for y'all. Uh, waiting for the next full broadcast next year. I'll be streaming for the most part for the rest of the year until then. So uh, come by, drop by, say hi, and have fun. Sock streams too, by the I've, way. I've been on both streams, and they and they do have drops enabled, and I have gotten drops. So yeah, I know my link is in the podcast description. I'm not sure if Nightmares is. Yep. Well, yep. It, absolutely, it both of them are. Both both of them are and no. have been. I was joking. I have gotten drops from both of them for sure. It's a yeah. real deal. All right. Well, with that, everybody have a. You know what? I'm not about the whole happy holidays. If you celebrate Festivus, everybody have a good Festivus. If you're a Christian and are all about Christmas, Merry freaking Christmas to you. Happy damn New Year. Everything for everybody. I don't do the whole happy holidays thing. And if you want to know why, I'll probably be rolling on my other show. And you can talk to me about that then and, and message me and we'll, we'll get to that. Um, no balloon for you wait. either. Yeah, you know what? And that's fine. No I don't need any balloons. You. I don't need balloons. I don't need so soup or any of that. But <laughs> it, it's 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 been a stupid year with this COVID stuff. It's been it's been a good time coming here, talking ships, having a good time with my buddies, and I'm very glad that we have this show out and about. We ran really long tonight, but hopefully that will take care. I mean, we're we're a closing on two hours now, so hopefully if you listen to half of it, you can listen to the other half, and then you'll be right back with us again uh, in the first week of January. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank hey, everybody thanks, for showing up. Sorry, uh, one, 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 one little thing. Uh-oh. If you think 2020 is bad, has been bad, wait till it turns 21 and starts drinking. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> We still oh, haven't seen you. the murder hornets out here thank yet, you. so who knows when they're coming. <laughs> but anyway, thanks everybody for being here every week and making this show as awesome as it is. Uh, thanks to Crimson Hero, Shep, everybody that's been joining us in the chat room and interacting with us and, and helping us you know, go off on crazy tangents. It's been a lot of fun. I hope to continue it long term well through 2021 and uh i'd like to see that a lot more so anyway everybody enjoy the holidays we will be back soon take care everybody Music used in this podcast was provided by Joseph McDade. Find him at josephmcdade.com.